from the statistics, a good 20% of uh, cancer can be linked back to obesity and being overweight. So that's very important to keep our diet healthy. Hi, I'm Hafiz and this is We Are That's Too, a podcast for fathers by fathers. Each week, we will have conversations about different aspects of fathering. We will also be speaking with experts to get their opinions. Today, my co-host Park Sun and I will be talking or speaking with Dr. Maria. All right, And the topic today is uh, very relevant to uh, not only mothers, fathers, families, because we're talking about uh, the enemy uh, within or the hidden enemy eh, in our families. We're not going to talk about anything uh, about uh, you know conflict between people, but this is hidden enemy. Why? Because it is unseen, but it's there. So what is it or we, we'll, be, we'll be talking about today? Dr. Mariam, yes. But first, let's uh, introduce, let, let her introduce okay. herself. Okay. Tell us a bit more about what, you've, what you have been doing and what are you doing currently, you know. Yeah. Hi, so I'm Dr. Mariam. You can call me Mariam. And um, I'm a cancer drug discovery researcher uh, before and now I'm uh, in the wellness industry. So... Mm, I started off my journey in NUS studying biochemistry, and that is where that was where I studied about all the pathways in the body. You know how you know uh, how we process the food, and then how different um, molecules are formed, like our you know all the pathway for uh, respiratory pathway and all that, and then. After that, for my masters, I was interested about. I've always been interested in natural medicine. And I got opportunity to continue my master's in Malaysia where I uh, did research about plant-derived uh, drug leads. So basically, I went to the forest and uh, we collect plants. And from there, I extract the plant and I test which of these plant extract can cause the cancer cells to stop growing or to die. Okay, so... Um, after that, we, we will go further and study which of the molecules in the plant that causes this effect. And after I finished that part of my study, I was interested, like, okay, so now I know how drugs are made and I'm curious about how drugs work in the body. So that brought me to my next journey, which is um, for my PhD. I studied exactly that, like the pathways in the body, uh, what happens when someone takes uh, the, the cancer drug, okay, we call it cancer medicine, but in our research nomenclature, we call it a drug. And then um, try to understand how which of the pathways, this relate back to my bachelor's, you know, where I was studying all the pathways. So now it goes to which of the pathways are affected. And we go down to the level of studying genes and, you know, um, what is the function of each gene and then which of the function is affected. Yeah, so that was what I was doing. Wow, that's a very, very big area. Um, what what got you started in this line of study in the first place? Um, can I say it's by serendipity? 
Okay. And what does that mean? <laughs> by chance. Okay. I mean, by ex- I know by accident, by chance. Yeah, but it's planned accident. Planned accident. <laughs> uh. um, opportunity comes to the uh, prepared mind. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So my interest has always been in uh, natural, uh, natural medicine, or we call it traditional medicine. Basically, because uh, when growing up. Okay, my grandparents, they originated from Malacca, Malaysia. So, they lived in a kampong. And uh, my parents would often bring us back to visit the grandparents okay, during holidays. And we grew up quite uh, a fair amount of time, lah, like sh- uh, spending time with the grandparents. And then, in while I was there, you know, I get to see some of the practices that I don't understand like with the herbs and for example I used to have this um sinusitis or like you know they call it resdong in Malay and then my mother just brought me to the kampong medicine person and she did something like she put something on the ear like a roll of paper and then they burn that paper and I was like curious like what is that and then they open up and show like some things inside oh these are the um germs that came out and i'm like i'm baffled like what is this i don't understand this you know and actually i was already interested in all this before even tcm came into singapore and when i went on my um when i started my uh, bachelor's i was actually looking for this field and i don't know what it's called and you know i just asked my mentor do you have like herbology or something and it's like he looked at me what <laughs> you know it's not even heard of at that time uh here at least so um i mean i i still had that interest so when i finished my bachelor's tcm just started to enter singapore in the labs not in the hospital yet and i applied to all three labs that were around that I found found on the internet. I didn't get any reply. And then after that, my friend was going to Malaysia and uh, he said that his uncle is working on something in this area and invited if I would like to join. So I did. I visited the lab and then I just told the prof that what I was interested in, you know, like getting to know more about traditional medicine, but I want to know something more scientific about it. Like, can it be studied in a scientific way? And it was exactly what they were doing. They were studying the chemical constituents in the plants. And they do go and interview the indigenous people and find out what are the medicines that they use. And then they study that. So I, um, yeah, so I got the opportunity just because I was already looking for it. Yeah. And so mm. I jumped at that. And, and I think a lot of people ask me like, Malaysia, why, I mean, why do you go from Singapore, you go to study in Malaysia? And then I said, yeah, because that's where they have that field of study. Basically that. Mm. And then from there, you went to Sweden to do your PhD. Yeah, that was another serendipitous uh, <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> because after I finished my master's, I didn't really have plans. So I was looking for a job. I was applying like in the MOH and at that time like some labs. Um, but then I happened to attend a talk that's organized by A-Star and they were, they invited international universities and institutes. So after that talk, 
I just ask every representative that do you have something like traditional medicine or herbology? And two of them replied, yeah, they have. And then just one of them said, why don't we meet up for an interview? So I went and then we chat and I told him what I was interested in and what was my background in my master's, what I've done. And he said, okay, I can recommend you three professors you can write to. Tell them you, you have done the interview with me and I recommended you. So I wrote in and one of them said yes. By the way, by that time, I was already accepted for a PhD position in NUS with a scholarship. Uh, but then it didn't start yet until like six months later. And then the prof told me that, oh, why don't you go uh, somewhere in another lab and just learn some lab techniques? So what I applied for when I wrote to these three professors from Sweden was asking for a lab internship for six months. Yeah. And when I, the one that who um, replied to me and I went there for um, six months and after the six months, he invited me to apply for a scholarship to do PhD in Sweden. And I said, okay, I just apply. <laughs> no harm applying. And then I got it. Mm, wow. So I'm like, okay, um, let's do this. <laughs> okay, so the, the part on the cancer research, when, when did it come? Bye. Okay, so it happens yeah. that in where for my master's, I was studying the plants, right? right? But then we need to study. Okay, so we already know, we already have this um, chem, uh, constituents of the plant. Okay, we extract the plant extract. But then, what do we study it for? Then there are different labs uh, that my main lab is collaborating with. One of them was studying on nitric oxide. And then another one was studying cancer. And um, I think there are several others. So um, it happened that I started off with the nitric oxide, but I couldn't, you know, um, I don't really enjoy doing that because it affected my health. We were working with radioactive substances. So I said, I don't want to do this project. And then they said, okay, why don't you work with the cancer lab? <laughs> yeah, so it, it mm. happened that, yeah, I started that so let's research. talk about what you learn um, and what you know are the most the latest um, knowledge about cancer. I find this information quite uh, very interesting, and I'm not sure if it's been around because this is actually the first time I'm hearing it like that. And it says that the causes of cancer, ninety five percent of it is attributed or attributable to environmental factors. And only 5% can be attributed to the inherited genes from our parents and, you know, predecessors. Um, that's amazing. Only 5% is genetic and 95% is environmental. I think we all understand the genetic part. Can you explain the environmental? What does it include? Yeah, so this is the thing that I came across when I was doing my PhD, when I read more papers, because my PhD was really about cancer and I was studying about the genetic pathway, like how it's affected. Um, when I came across this, uh, this statistics, it also baffled me. Because like, what? Only 5 to 10% is due to inherited genetics. Um, 
And, you know, like 90 to 95% is due to the environment. Then why don't we do something about the environment? Mm. Right. And it happened that this was also about the time I was pregnant with my first child. So I was really interested to dig into this part of the environment. And, okay, there's a funny story I want to share with you that when, when I got pregnant, okay, and there the culture... Uh, in Europe is that you only announce pregnancy when it's past the three months mark mm. because yeah. that's when you know the pregnancy is more stable and when I announced to my uh, co-supervisor she looked at me congrats Mariam are you wearing double gloves and like ah what <laughs> so for my lab experiment uh, we need to wear gloves right. to protect the material but also to protect ourselves and I we are supposed to wear double gloves for some uh, of the the experiments if the material are more ha hazardous than others. Okay. And when she asked me that, mm. I'm like, what? Okay. Then it does have effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I quickly went and looked at the MSDS, which is uh, basically the safety sheet, the material and safety uh, data of the um, chemicals that we are using in the lab. Almost everything is either carcinogenic or teratogenic. Uh, ter Very dangerous, in other words. Okay. In other words. Carcinogenic means can cancer. lead to cancer. Teratogenic okay. means you might grow an organ in a place where it's not supposed to grow. For example, oh. a teeth mm. in a brain. So it's kind of a deformity, okay. right? Uh, it's kind of a deformity, oh, okay. yeah. So um, I was like, Okay, I'm not gonna do any more lab work. Okay. <laughs> I mean, sorry, but uh, I mean, of course, there are supposed to be you know safety precautions. We are supposed that's why we are supposed to wear lab coat, and that lab coat is not supposed to go out of the lab. Mm. That is one of the um, procedures, and also gloves, and that's where the double gloves. And the gloves is not the normal glove you can buy from supermarket. It's special glove for the lab. It's some nitrile. And they, they really test the materials so that things don't pass through. Mm. So that was my first like um what Aha do you call moment. that? Aha moment <laughs> and oh, oh moment. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's more of an oh oh moment. <laughs> and um I think maybe Google they always read our mind, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and then do. I start reading a lot of articles yeah. online and I find like, oh, what articles are harmful for babies and pregnancy. Mm. That was also about the time that I stopped wearing makeup and I, oh, you know. makeup? Okay. Yes. Really? Okay. So. What did you learn about makeup? So this is the thing. Okay. So now let's go to what are these 90 to 95%. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Before I go into the makeup part. Okay. So from the statistics, a good 20% of uh, cancer can be linked back to obesity and being overweight. So that's very important to keep our diet healthy. And then the second one uh, after that is actually diet. 5% is due to diet. But then diet again is also, you know, like diet is diet lah, uh, our nutrition. So when you combine that together, overweight, being obese and the diet, diet includes like, you know, are you eating a lot of um, what kind of food? Like is it high carbo, high processed food um, and like, high 
maybe not say cholesterol, but no, it's it's more like preservatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those kind of things. And that constitute to about 25%. That's one quarter. Mm. It's already a huge amount. And then the rest include, uh, for example, 5% is sedentary lifestyle. So if you don't exercise, you don't move much. Um, and uh, then there, there are other factors like chemical, uh, chemical factors, physical factors. Physical can be like UV, UV light. And then even like biological factors. Biological factors, for example, can be like the HPV virus. And do you know that malaria, if someone gets infected with malaria, it can also path the way to developing some cancer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... That, these are some of the things that I can mention. Of course, there's quite a lot like, in the in the courses. Right. So, talking about uh, at home. Yeah. Right? Because most of the time, our children are at home or even mm. in school. Okay, what are the things that they should look out for to... Mm. I mean, that really have all these uh, chemicals and they're causing cancer. So this is the part where I was, uh, I call them the hidden enemy, right? The hidden toxin. Because these are the things in our daily life that we are not really aware about. But um, one of the major, major group of chemicals, okay, that are actually bad for our health, I wouldn't say cause cancer because it can be bad in different ways, um, is the term... If you read, it's called fragrance. Mm. Yeah. As, especially those artificial fragrances. And these can be those uh, okay. things. Aromatherapy aroma kind of stuff, yeah. right? No, 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 no. I'm oh. doing aromatherapy okay. stuff. Okay. So because those perfume? are natural. Oh. But, you know, we have also to be careful because aromatherapy, you know, it can be some uh, companies, they, they because they want to get the big buck. Mm. So they dilute it a lot or they will add artificial stuff. So that's when it becomes bad. But then that's where I've sourced, I've looked for those that are pure that would have a good effect. For example, like relaxing and, and you know, it really helps us. So that can be another talk altogether. I can talk mm-hmm. about aromatherapy for a good few <laughs> hours. <laughs> I've been doing that for three years now in that okay. line. Um, okay. But artificial fragrance, like if you just write fragrance, so that's the thing that nobody is uh, policing this area. This is the one you're talking about, like the spray that we do, we use for the house? Anything. Yeah. Okay. For example, you look at the ingredients. Mm. When you buy your detergent, did you look at the ingredient? Okay. No. We look at the brand uh. You look at the brand, yeah, right? That's right. And whichever smell good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, soft. Usually the what? What softener, right? Softener. Soft, yeah. No, yeah. What's that? They call it softland. So, no, no, that's the brand. But softener. Softener. Fabric, fabric, fabric softener. softener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually has to smell nice. Yeah. 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 So actually, if you you just want to keep it simple, right? If you go to look at the ingredients. Can you understand what's written in the ingredients? No, that's why we don't read it. Yeah, yeah that's why we don't <laughs> read it. Do okay, not so I can maybe give you some tips. What are the things okay. to avoid? Okay, one of them is fragrance. If it write there fragrance and it doesn't write anything about being natural. And then um, the other one is SLS. I think it's, it's sodium lauryl sulfate. Uh, so SLS is something that it has been found to be may be harmful. Okay, then you have phthalates. Um, phthalates is also another thing. So these are the things that can come up to the top of my mind for 
um, household stuff, cleaner, no fragrance, cleaning even stuff. The, the shower cream that we use, all yeah. the, uh, have fragrance, right? Yeah. And this one, um, uh, for example, my one of my kid has, uh, called eczema. Yeah. And she has always uh, been advised not to use the normal, uh, you know, yes. shower cream. Mm. Don't with fragrance, especially. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I say they are harmful, and I don't say that they cause cancer because they can be harmful in different ways. Mm. Uh, fragrance, in in particular, they can be hormone disruptors. Yeah. Mm. And also, like for the skin, because you know, um, the skin, whatever you apply on the skin, right. It is the first thing that you know you direct applied to to the skin. So it's like the first line of defense. So it will try to react first. It will try to stop the thing from coming first. So it will give some kind of reaction, and hopefully, like you know, we will listen and don't put that kind of thing on it, lah. Yeah. Mm. So I I always believe that our body tells us stories. So if we wake up in the morning and always having back pain or whatever pain, then listen to the body. Yeah. And like for example, you are mentioning about eczema. Then it's good, right? Because when you go to the doctor, the doctor say, okay, uh, don't use those that have fragrance. Yeah. So actually, you're already avoiding, you know, something that's harmful, even without you knowing. But you already see that reaction from yeah. the body. So listen to the body. Mm. Yeah. So I guess the takeaway is that uh, cancer is very preventable if we are careful about the things that we put into our body. Mm. And I think you would, I, I, I was looking through your social media and you also mentioned the mind, what you put into your mind. Yeah. Yeah, your mind and your body. And um, it comes in the form of food as well as external stuff like we were talking about, you know, chemicals in detergents and, um, yeah, anything in the households. So all these could be sources where these hidden toxins come in touch with our body and maybe penetrate, for example, our skin and everything goes deeper in and that's where the whole process starts in terms of creating cancer cells. Am I right to say that? Um, in some cases, yes, it may you know lead to cancer formation. Mm. But in some cases, it can be other things like hormone imbalance or like even some studies shown that some preservatives in food may be linked to, for example, the spectrum like ADHD or autism. So it need not just mean that it can lead to cancer because our body is so smart. It will try to spread out the... Um, you know, if it has a burden, you'll try to spread out the burden. Like, where can we handle that yeah. burden? You know, will it go to this pathway? Will it go to this pathway? So you will see all the reaction from the body. And that's where if we listen and react and respond, you know, to the body, then uh, that's where we can go towards wellness. Lah. I think we understand. And then, under because understanding is the first step. And then accepting... Uh, and then after that, you look for the solution. And that's why for me, like, after, when I know this and I, I read about all this, at first I was just like putting it in a, a page, a Facebook page, just for myself because like I keep losing the articles. I say, okay, let me put it in one place so it's easy to refer. And then it became a blog because like, hey, I should share this with my family because it's important information and it's good information. And then it is from there that, you know, slowly I think that, hey, you know, I 
this is something that is not just for me and my family. I would like to share this with the public. That's when I start to do like public talks. And now I'm doing courses. I run courses on like cancer prevention. And on the cancer prevention, I even uh, collaborate with other experts like a nutritionist who has been eight years in the hospital uh, working with cancer patients and also a cancer exercise specialist. So the three of us, we form this backbone of the cancer prevention, uh, cancer care workshop. And there's another part, which uh, another course I organize um, about understanding the eight components of wellness. So this can also be related to like finding the balance in life because when we understand the different components of wellness, we can strive to achieve that balance. Mm. Right. I think this word wellness uh, is something that uh, more popular these days. I think because people are getting more sick, all right, getting more stressed. And I think you mentioned about the mindset, the mental. So can you explain a bit on uh, how you can prevent cancer or uh, through achieve okay, for wellness. the for yeah. the mind. Mm, yeah. um, okay, this one is a, we don't really have absolute evidence. That's why you know what I whatever I'm going to say, it's more like take it with a pinch of salt. It's more anecdotal. Anecdotal means it's what people share from their experience. Sure. So I've met people who um who say that you know when they 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 had cancer, and then after that they changed their lifestyle. So they try to reduce the stress. For example, you know, like they leave the workplace that have been giving them so much stress and their condition improve. But also, of course, you know, they, they took the medication, they changed other lifestyle like the food and reduced exposure to chemicals. But they say the, the stress aspect really helped them a lot. And uh, one of my collaborators, the cancer exercise specialist, so he... Uh, join one of the labs in the US when they were doing research about the effect of stress on cancer patients in their recovery journey. So, um, so he also said there may be some relations there. It's still an ongoing kind of study and we still don't know yet how does it directly or indirectly affect. But what I would say that, yeah, I mean, it's good to reduce the stress because other than cancer, right, you have probably heard about People who are working in the industry, uh, very high-stress industry, for example, the stocks market, you know, some people, they can suddenly just drop because, you know, they're, they're so stressed following the, the fluctuations and then they get high blood pressure or heart attack. So it can come in different forms of harm. So it's always good to reduce the stress and also like negative emotions. Yeah. Well, you have a website and uh, I would encourage all our listeners to go there because uh, I'm sure you found this topic very interesting. It's not just for your own benefit, it's for your whole family. And uh, with this accurate information, you can guide your children especially uh, into a life of wellness and health. The website is wellnesswithmariam.com Wellness with Dr. Mariam. Dr. Mariam. But Sorry. the doctor is Diara, not D-O-C. Wellness yeah. with Dr. Mariam dot com. Doctor spelled D-R. Okay. Uh, we'll put the link on our our Facebook page as well as Spotify. Uh, please look out for it. And thank you for joining us. And thank you, Dr. Mariam, for sharing this very important information with us. Thank All you the best and uh, good health to you and your family too. Thank you yeah, too. Thank you, Dr. Thank you okay. and stay safe, everyone. Yep, thank you.
This podcast is brought to you by Iman Catalyst Community, which is missioned to elevate hope by transforming lives through social education initiatives as well as personal development programs. We are the medium that come in between NGOs and their beneficiaries to enhance their sustainability and impact. If you like to know more, connect and collaborate with us, you can reach us at Facebook and Instagram at Iman Catalyst. That's spelled E M A N and we would like to work and partner with you. Thank you so much for tuning to this week's conversation. We hope that this episode helped you in your transformational journey as dads. If you like this podcast, make sure you review, follow and share it with your friends. For more episodes and resources on fathering, check us out at We Are Dads Too on Facebook and Instagram. We would also like to hear your comments and questions. So, please feel free to share them on our FB and IG pages and also our Twitter and be connected to other dads too. Until next time, let's take the next step to be the special dad we are meant to be. Take care and stay safe.